When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. How are you all? I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Wow, I can't believe it'll be over by the time you're listening to this. It's so funny, I was literally just editing the Christmas do episode and I was listening to myself being like, yeah, I'm going to be so organised, get all my work done before Christmas. And I'm sitting here editing it being like, for fuck's sake, Emma, I've literally not done any of that. So (laughs) no, it's actually such a pain after. So I went out at the weekend when I was in Leeds there. My friend Tommy, she lives in Liverpool and she was up visiting her boyfriend's parents are from Leeds so they were in Leeds and they were like come to the pub with us to watch football so I went with them and then woke up the next day quite hungover but not too bad right and then on the Monday morning I woke up and I felt even worse and I was like oh my god this is it this is adulthood I am getting two day hangovers now but where it's actually like terrible like even worse on the second day my body also does this really weird thing to me where anytime I'm like slightly hungover or slightly run down I start thinking I'm getting tonsillitis like I start to feel my tonsils and my glands really swollen and my throat hurts and I just every time I think I'm gonna get it but I don't know I think that's just like a weakness of mine like anytime I'm getting ill of any kind that's like the first thing to go for me you know the way with loads of people that it's like their chest or maybe if you're like a headache person you'll always know you're gonna get sick because your head starts to get sore for me it's my tonsils it's so bizarre So yeah, I woke up on the Monday feeling like death and was like, holy fuck, I need to reel it in. Like I actually need to reel it in over Christmas. This is not acceptable. I'm not spending two days hungover every time I drink over Christmas. But then, thank God, it actually turned out I was ill. I mean, not thank God because it was a horrible time, but like at least I didn't have a two-day hangover. I was actually legitimately sick. (laughs) I had like a really bad flu. I haven't been sick like that in so long. Do you ever get when you have a flu, right? And your temperature goes so high in the middle of the night, you become really delusional and you start hallucinating and your dreams are like really vivid, but then you wake up and stuff is still going on in your room. Does anyone else, has anyone else ever experienced that? Like one time when I was younger and I was sick, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and running around in my bedroom because I thought a swarm of bees were chasing me. And my mum ran into my room and was like, uh, are you okay? And it happened with my brother before as well, where he got so delusional and my mum I'd come in to like put a cold towel on him because she was really aware that he had a really high temperature and he thought that he was in some like battle against her and she was like out to get him and he was like slamming the door being like stop following me like slamming the bathroom door crying his eyes out this was years and years ago like when he was a kid but I remember it so vividly but yeah that's what happened to me I mean not to that extreme obviously but I thought this is it's so embarrassing like why this of all things and of all people Jamie Lang and Sylvia Boo I thought they were in my room I was sitting there I thought I would I, I think I thought I was on their podcast or I don't know if I thought they were on my podcast I don't really know and then I like snapped out of it and I was like what the fuck is going on and then I went back to sleep and then I had more really mad dreams um but I genuinely thought for those like 10 seconds that I, they were legit 
in my uni bedroom, which was interesting. Apparently there's loads going around at the minute. When I posted on my Instagram story being like fourth day or was it third day? I think I literally didn't get out of bed for three and a half days. But I think I put on my story like third day in a row not being able to get out of bed. This illness has written me off. The amount of people replying to it as well being like, oh my God, me too. There's something in the air. Everyone is so sick. Someone mentioned to me, they were like, oh, do a COVID test. I was like, don't you dare mention COVID to me a few weeks before Christmas. Like, do not do that. Do not mention that word in my presence. I am not letting this stupid (laughs) sickness come about for a third Christmas. It's absolutely not happening if anyone mentions the C word in front of me. No, just get out of my sight. We do not need that negative energy in our lives this Christmas. Yes, as a result of not getting out of bed for three or four days, I have really fucked it in terms of work. I know I was saying I'm going to get everything done, not have anything to worry about. I have actually fucked it. Like I had a deadline on Thursday that I missed. I had to apply for mitigation because I was on track to finish it as long as I had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to work. But obviously I wasn't able to do that. Like I was literally barely making it out of bed to make myself a let sip. It was... Yeah, it was not good. So I applied for mitigation. Don't even know if I've got the mitigation because they don't get back to you for a while. So it's kind of scary thinking like, what if I don't even get it? But I mean, I assume I will. I hope I will. Fingers crossed. It now means though I'm going to have to use like these days running up to Christmas to do that project, which was meant to be out of the way last week, which means then I'm still going to have all my dissertation to do. Oh God, I actually don't even want to think about it. It's one of those things where you're like, okay, just don't think about it and then pretend it's not happening. (laughs) That is a problem for future me post-Christmas. There was actually a point in this year, and and in other years to be fair, throughout uni, just like points of time throughout uni where I've thought, you know what, I would love to get it first. (laughs) I should really put my all into all of these projects and I know I can do it, I can get it first. Because I actually have done like pretty well in all my assignments up until now apart from like one or two maybe oh that's being really harsh to myself I didn't do bad in those one or two I just didn't get a first which is what I was originally aiming for but now I'm just like fuck I can't wait to see the back of this I could not give less of a shit what I get in these assignments as long as I get a degree coming out of this does anyone really care yeah I go through these phases of thinking actually I'm just gonna do the bare minimum and pass and then I go through phases of thinking, no, Emma, put your head down, get first. And then, and I'm just very much, I think I'm just over it. I honestly just at that point where I'm like, one term to go, cannot wait to be leaving this place and be out of education. Even though I actually like my course, like this is the thing, I don't understand how people are doing stuff, like are studying subjects that they don't like or don't enjoy. Because that's the only thing getting me through this is that at least at the end of the day, when I sit down and do my work, I do kind of enjoy it even if I don't necessarily want to be doing it. I think this always happens so for second term. Like when when you come back from summer and you start first term, you're always like the most motivated, like you're doing all your reading. I don't know, you're doing everything on time and in advance of things. And then it just gets to second term and you're just like, fuck this shit, literally. So yeah, just going to forget about all that stuff for now. <laughs> today is actually, it is Sunday the 18th of December today. And today is my office party. <laughs> No, I don't work in an office. Me and my friend Aoife, we have a we're having a fake Christmas do because we're both self-employed. So we're just giving ourselves a Christmas do because why the fuck not? And also, I don't know, it just feels good. Like everyone else gets to go out in their 
staff parties and have everything paid for them. I mean, we're going to have to pay for it ourselves, obviously. (laughs) So it's not quite the same, but it's going to be fun regardless. We're actually planning on going. We're going to do a bit of a pub crawl, I think. Go to some bars I haven't been to in a while. I also haven't been to the Belfast Christmas Market yet. So maybe hit up there. It's good because it's a Sunday. It's not going to be as hectic as it is on a Friday or Saturday. Because I was actually out last night. Me and my mum did this little uh, pottery painting thing, this workshop last night. It was so nice. It's a girl called Sophie Mix Ceramics on Instagram. Check her out. She does really cool like boob mugs. You've probably seen them on Instagram, honestly. They're so cool. I always repost her stuff as well. I actually used to do gymnastics with her. We used to be on the same squad when we were younger. And it's just really cool to see her doing what she loves now and running her own business. So yeah, me and my mum went to that last night and then we just went out for some food and drinks after and town was so busy, which was really good to see, don't get me wrong. Like, And I love the buzz about the place when it's Christmas and like the live music and everything, the Christmas songs everyone out in their sparkly attire. It's so nice. But then also I'm just happy that we're going out on a Sunday and it's not going to be carnage, you know, we're not going to have to queue to get in everywhere because I absolutely hate that. We're actually hoping to end up at this place. I've been a couple times before and it is honestly, I think I might have talked about it on my podcast, but it is one of my favourite nights out in Belfast. It's a place called Union Street and on a Sunday they've got a drag show at like five. They do like a cabaret drag show and then at like eight or nine o'clock they've got, they call it Tranny Bingo. I know that's not very PC to say but um, it's legit the name of it so I can't say it. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Tranny Bingo. It's essentially just bingo hosted by drag queens and like in the breaks they'll do a bit of a mini drag show. It's so much fun. They get people up on stage. They just rip the piss out of everyone in the crowd and it's honestly just like the most fun night like you know what it's like going to anything with drag queens they're just the most fun people ever they get everyone up dancing it's the best kind of music and yeah I'm so excited because I haven't been in years okay do you know what my recommendation of the week is I'm actually scared to say this I feel like I just want to gatekeep it a little bit longer but I'm not gonna do it I'm gonna share it with you guys because I'm really sound like that (laughs) I have been using this, right, basically, I am a fake tan girl. I cannot look at myself pale. I love the people are trying to do this no fake tan thing on, I've seen it across TikTok. I've seen loads of people trying to like put themselves on a fake tan ban because, you know, it was really damaging that their body image or their image of themselves, sorry, was so bad when they weren't wearing fake tan and it shouldn't be that way. And I completely agree. And I wish I could try that, but I I don't know. I feel like I just suit being tan. I just can't not. And anyway, ever since I came back from Australia, because I was obviously always pretty naturally tanned when I was then, when I was there, sorry. And then when I came back, I was like, oh, fuck this, having to get back into tanning again and like exfoliating every week and the tiger bread legs and arms. And I have really dry skin. So tan just doesn't look good on me. Like it literally looks good for about three days and then it's back to looking shit again. So once I came back from Australia, I was like, how can I have a fake tan routine that is not a hassle? It's not a stress. I don't need to plan you know, my tanning routine based on nights out because it's going to look shit on this day. And it's, do you know what I mean? It, I just don't need that stress in my life. I'd lived the last year without having to, without doing it. And I was like, I'm not going back to that. So I was like, here's what I'll do. I'm going to test some different tanning moisturizers and see how that turns out for me. So I thought 
I'll get the Garnier one, the Dove one, and then if I just see any others in the likes of Superdrug, Boots, Home Bargains, literally just wherever, I'll pick it up and I'm gonna test out all these different gradual tanning moisturisers until I find something that works for me. I ended up loving the Sosu Dripping Gold Lotion. That's not what my recommendation is of the week though. Mine's a moisturiser tan, but I'm just saying I did actually end up finding that and really liking that. If you have dry skin and you like a dark tan the way like a mousse comes out, I would recommend trying the Sosu Dripping Gold Lotion. It's a lot more like hydrating and smooth for dry skin. And yeah, it's a lovely colour and you don't have to do the same level of like exfoliation as you would with a mousse. So I stuck to that for a while and I would still use that actually to this day if there's something I would like to be particularly tanned for. Say an event, my birthday, something like that where I, you know, I'm getting glam. I I want my tan to be really nice and golden. Then that's what I'll do. However, one day, I think it was over lockdown and I was in Home Bargains and I saw this one and it was in a pink bottle and it was called Sunkissed. It was cheap as chips, literally probably about two or three pounds because it was in Home Bargains. But you know what Home Bargains is like? You can't always get the same things there. So I was very aware of the fact that if I get this and it's good, I might not be able to replace it because chances are I'll come back here next week and it's all going to be gone. So of course I end up falling in love with this tan. Like who would have thought you could fall in love with the tan? I'm not joking you. Two layers of this gradual tanning moisturiser is like as deep and as nice of a colour as like a mousse, as a medium mousse or a medium lotion. I went back to try and stock up on it. Obviously it's all out of stock. And then one day, do you remember, right, do you know the way not every shop was open in lockdown? It was like only certain things where basically I think Matalan was open, like it was allowed to open because it had home stuff in it or something. I don't know. I used to go to Boucher and just like have little retail days because they had a few things that were open, like Boots and Superdrug and Matalan. And I just used to like make a day of it. (laughs) The things you had to do to entertain yourself in lockdown. Turns out, Matalan actually stocked this brand called Sunkist. You can actually get it online as well. I think you can get it on Amazon and on Pretty Little Thing. Fuck me, I'm really rambling about a tan here. Like, get to the point. Point of the story is that Matalan stock a tan called Sunkist. It's a gradual tanning moisturiser. Get it in the medium to dark colour. Put on two layers of it. Put on one layer and let it dry and then put on another layer or else put it on one night and then wait and then do it the next night. You will never have to exfoliate your tan ever again using like gloves and like literally hurting your skin like the way you used to have to do. You'll never have to do that. You just top it up like once a week or if you want to be a bit darker twice a week. It has completely changed my tanning routine. I don't have to get my sheets stinking with different things. It smells like coconuts. Like it literally doesn't smell like normal tan. Because it's a moisturiser, it doesn't go streaky, it doesn't go patchy, it doesn't go uneven. You don't get tiger bread arms, you don't get tiger bread legs. It also doesn't come off weird on your hands. I fucking hate that about normal tan when it starts to look like you've literally dipped your fingers in mud and then you've got that line on the inside from where you've washed your hands and from your rings and stuff. It doesn't go like that. Completely changed my tanning routine. I'm scared to share this because I know everyone's going to go to Matland now and get it. And then I'm not going to be able to get it. So actually, right after this podcast, I'm going to go and stock up on it. (laughs) Right, okay. Finally, let's get into this week's podcast topic. I'm going to be talking about some of my goals for the new year. Now, I'm not really a big fan of the whole new year, new me, all these like ridiculous resolutions that are just not really realistic and also 
I just don't think you need to wait for the new year to do things like start going to the gym more and stuff or like they're just always the same things aren't they so I thought instead of talking about shit like that I'll talk about more like my goals and things I want to accomplish throughout the year because I could sit here and be like I want to exercise more I want to be on my phone less I want to walk my dogs more I don't know like I could sit here and just give you one of those pretty bog standard New Year's resolutions lists. But I feel like it's a bit pointless because everyone knows that everyone wants to do more of those things. So instead, I'm just going to talk about some goals and maybe it will like spark some ideas for you of maybe some things you want to accomplish this year. Not all of them are big and extravagant. In fact, some of them are pretty small and just like little things that I know will make a difference in my life, will make me happier, will bring me fulfillment, stuff like that. Okay, first up on my goals for 2023. Oh my god, it sounds so weird saying 2023 out loud. So my first goal, I've been talking about this for way too long, like actually just go and do it. It's pissing me off that I'm still talking about it. And that is to finally get my moped license. I know I have spoken about this before, but I will just reiterate it. Ever since I came back from traveling in Asia and I obviously tried to drive a moped and epically failed and crashed. So that was really fun. (laughs) And then it just like shit scared me from ever trying to do it again. But I always promised myself if I'm to go out and travel again, I will be able to drive a moped. So that needs to happen this year. Once I'm finished uni, I'm going to try and do that over summer. Even thinking about getting on a bike and trying to drive it terrifies me. I really just need to get over that fear. I think just since I crashed it, it actually just gives me anxiety, like thinking about driving one. But it's so irrational because people can hop on them with having never driven one before and literally be so fine. Like my sister has, loads of my friends have. I know it's just me overthinking it. And I would love to do some traveling at some point this year. So yeah, major goal is to get my moped license. So when I'm solo traveling, I don't need to rely on anyone else to drive me around or I don't need to pay for tuk-tuk drivers or to go on the back of someone's bike. I can just do whatever I want because I'll be able to rent the bike and drive it. Okay, number two is ever since I left school, right, I did French A-level and I always said, I really don't want to lose it. Like I I wasn't, I actually originally applied to study French with maths. And then I think last minute I backed out and ended up just applying for straight mathematics. We all know how that went. Dropped out after two months. I don't think if I had studied French with it, it would have been any different, to be honest. But anyway, I always said, you know, it's such a good skill to have a language. I really, when, it, when you do for like a language at A level as well, you're pretty good at it. Like you're not fluent, but you, you're pretty, your conversation skills are pretty good because you have to do a 15 minute oral examination where, oral examination, that sounds like something that would happen at a dentist. Anyway, yeah, you have to do a 15 minute oral exam and basically you have no idea what they're going to talk to you about. So you just need to be able to speak in in the language, in this case, in French. So you kind of just have to prepare for everything. But as a result of that, you develop your conversation skills so much You actually have one class a week as well that's just a conversation class where you're just talking one-on-one with like a, I think they were basically doing like a placement, like they were in uni maybe studying something to do with English and then they were coming over to the UK and that was like their placement year being our conversation teacher. So I'd have like a class of that a week and I also did a French exchange 
I've also got cousins in France, although have I ever really spoken to them in French? They probably laugh in my face and reply in English, let's be honest. Yeah, anyway, you come out of A-level being pretty good at a language, I would say, but like obviously you need to keep that up, like you can lose it so easily. People say you can get it back really easily, but I think if you don't put it into practice, it can be so easy to just drop it straight away. And I always said I would love to keep it up. I was planning on going to maybe some like classes at the Crescent Arts Centre or doing some like online, you know, one-to-one tutorial type of things with someone, but that did not happen. So here I am what is it, four years, five years? No. Oh my god, it's way longer than that since I left school. It's like six or seven years since I left school. Oh my god, I do not like to think about that. Okay, that's really scared me. I've basically been out of school for the same length of time I was in school. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, I wish I didn't discover that there now. Yeah, so here I am seven years later, not knowing, not remembering any of that French and would love to pick it back up. And it's just something I would like to do in the new year. Although I was thinking the other day when I was reading over this list, I was like, is it really that beneficial to be able to speak French? Like if I want to travel South and Central America, surely Spanish would be a lot more beneficial. And I did Spanish GCSE, which I mean, anyone can do a language at GCSE. It really doesn't require much skill, does it? But I was thinking Spanish might be a little bit more beneficial for me when it comes to that just because of the, like I don't know I feel like if I if you go to France and try and speak to them in French anyway that they don't act, they actually just reply in English whereas I do actually think it would be good for me especially if I'm on my own or it, even if I'm not on my own like I just think it would be good to know some Spanish if I ever am to travel Central and South America so maybe I will actually retract that and say I'm gonna start Spanish lessons in the new year who was it oh I used to go to this girl Jess for my nails in Leeds. I think she listens to this podcast. So hello, Jess, if you're listening. And she was telling me she was doing, it was either French or Spanish and she was doing lessons just by Zoom. And it was kind of like an exchange student type of thing as well that just did like online tutor sessions. And I think you just buy like a textbook and then he sets you like homework and stuff. And you can probably just do like conversation classes too once you get to a certain level. So yeah, I would love to pick up that. I'm not going to do that before I finish uni though. That's going to happen after. I feel like most of the things I'm going to talk about are going to be after uni. I feel like I just can't wrap my head around anything else right now. (laughs) I'm just focused on getting that done and out of the way. Okay, number three on my goals for 2023 is to do some solo traveling. I would love to do some solo traveling around Europe this summer. I was thinking Greek islands. I've never been to Greece or any of the Greek islands. And my mum was actually talking about doing a family holiday in Greece, which would be incredible because then I could start my travels from there. I don't necessarily want to do the whole thing on my own. I think I'm going to tell all my friends like where I'll be from what dates. And if anyone wants to join me at any point, then they're more than welcome. But I would love to just spend like a whole month just going around different islands, taking it easy, living a soft life, doing lots of reading, eating lots of Greek food. Yeah, just living it up celebrating being out of education so that's for the summer and then I would love to do some more solo traveling when it comes to December January kind of time I know that's into 2024 then but if I was to go in December obviously that is 2023 still my plan is to go to the Philippines and to Malaysia now I don't know am I gonna do it all in one trip or should I do the Philippines this year and then maybe leave Malaysia for the next well, for our next winter, because that's kind of like their peak season, isn't it? From December to April kind of time, usually. 
yeah, the Philippines I was meant to go to in March of not going to be able to remember the year but basically when COVID started literally when lockdown started that month was when I was supposed to go to the Philippines so obviously that didn't happen and ever since then I've always wanted to go and another place I didn't cover when I was doing Southeast Asia was Malaysia. I did go to Malaysia in Borneo but I didn't go to actual mainland Malaysia and I've seen so many incredible things about it. It looks like such a beautiful place and I would absolutely love to travel it. I actually think my friend Aoife, the one I'm going out with tonight, I think she's pretty keen to do the Philippines as well, come like December, January kind of time, which would be really good if we could coordinate that together. I'm not sure how much time she can get off work, but I'm sure we'll be able to make it work, which would be amazing. And then I could even just stay on and do Malaysia on my own from there, maybe. I think that would be nice, like having part of it with someone else and part of it on my own, because sometimes it is a little bit daunting to think, fuck is this whole time going to be on my own? But then you say that, but then you literally just meet people the second you're there and you're never actually on your own. That's one of the big things people always ask me about solo traveling. Like, do you not get lonely? And I was like, honestly, you do not find a moment to yourself because you're just with people constantly. From the second you land somewhere and you get to your hostel, you do not leave people's side. Like you're just always with people. You always like travel with them to the next place or you'll find another group that are going to the place you want to go to. Yeah, honestly, sometimes there was actually times where I was like, I'm going to book into like a private room because I actually just need a bit of peace and quiet. Okay, goal number four is to hold an event. Now, I know this is very vague, like hold what event? And to be honest, I'm not actually that sure. I've got a few ideas. For example, like a yoga event would be fun or like a yoga on the beach and then morning sweat, like cold swim event I don't know I was even thinking like a book club would be really cool another one I was thinking was like a bottomless brunch meetup for like girls to meet in Belfast that would be really fun and then another one could be like a live podcast I don't know I don't know if I have that in me I have a fear of public speaking I think if I was to ever do a public a public podcast I think if I was ever to do a live podcast it would have to be with someone because the thought of like walking out onto a stage on my own I think I would genuinely die on the spot I'd have a panic attack and then yeah it would just not be good (laughs) but I think if I had the support of someone else and it was someone that was maybe not even more experienced but just more confident with public speaking and stuff then their confidence would kind of like rub off on me a little bit I wouldn't have to worry so much about carrying everything myself yeah it's something to think about but if not a live podcast then definitely one of the other ones number five and six are actually two more podcast related ones so number five I've written a video format of the podcast Now, I don't necessarily want, because I'm not a big watcher of podcasts. Like, I know you can get, you know, the likes of Saving Grace, uh, who else does like the full video? I can't even think off the top of my head. But there's obviously some people where you can watch their whole podcast video format from start to finish, which is really cool. Don't get me wrong. I just don't really watch them that much. I'm more of a podcast listener. I listen to them while I'm getting ready. I listen to them while I'm in the shower. I listen to them when I'm driving. I listen to them when I'm walking. Like these are all places you're not going to like sit down and watch something. So for me, I'm not massively fussed on doing a full start to finish video version of the podcast. However, I do want to start doing like little clips in video format. So for example, you know, Jimmy Lang and Sophie Habu's, my friends that were in my bedroom the other day. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're nearly weds podcast you can't i don't think there's anywhere you can watch that start to finish but they've obviously got all their little clips that they can use on tiktok on instagram and i just think it's a really good way of like reaching bigger audiences and just having like good um just good promo for your podcast it's not something that's actually feasible for me right now just because of where I record mine in my uni room. Like I literally sit in the corner of my room by my bathroom door between like wedged in between my bed frame and my wardrobe. And it's just, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's just because it's the play. It's like the furthest from the door to the living room and it's the furthest from the window in my room. So it's basically where I get the most protection from other sounds outside of my room, if that makes any sense at all. And obviously I can't film myself just literally sat shoved in a little corner. But hopefully uh, when I'm finished uni, see, this is what I'm talking about. Everything's when I'm finished uni, fuck's sake. But yeah, hopefully when I finish uni, I'll have a different setup and I'll be able to film it. And then number six, as I said, another podcast related one, and it's to get some guests on my podcast. Now, I don't want people to listen to this and think that I'm just going to turn into like Basically, I'm not an interviewer and I know I'm not and I know that this is not what this podcast is and I don't want it to be that either. I am not a saving grace interviewing people every week. I am not uh, the fellas getting people on every week and asking questions about like their life and their career. That's just not me and it's not what this podcast is about. But what I would like to do is get some guests on that are kind of relevant to the topic if that makes sense. So for example, say I'm talking about, say I did an episode and it was about um, developing a healthy, a healthy relationship with food. Maybe I could get like a nutritionist or someone who specializes in like working with people that have eating disorders, something like that, where their input into the conversation would be so beneficial for you guys to hear and for me to hear, of course. And they would be able to really add to the conversation, you know, it would be it'd be valuable essentially to have that perspective and to gain that insight and it would make sense. Um so yeah, that's the kind of, you know, guest that I mean. I don't mean like just any famous person or anything like that. Okay, number seven on my goals is to learn how to use a sewing machine. I've wanted to learn how to use a sewing machine for ages and I actually toyed with the idea of maybe getting one for like a birthday or Christmas for the last couple of years. I've kind of thought about it and then I've thought that's just going to sit in my room and I'm not going to touch it for ages. Uh, so I think once I have uni out of the way and I do have a bit more time, it'd be really fun to learn how to use a sewing machine and just to be able to do little like DIYs, you know, make something a little bit more funky, something that's a bit dead in your wardrobe and you could add like a little feather cuff to it or like, you know, you see something in a charity shop and you're like, that's so nice, but that would just not suit me, that neckline. And to be able to take that home and make it something that you love is such a cool idea. And I think it's such a good life skill to have. Like think of when you're older, say you had kids and you're able to like, I don't know, you're able to do stuff for them and make their little fancy dress things I remember there was a girl that I went to school with and her mum used to be able to make her formal dresses and all which was so mad and she'd always have the coolest clothes because and they were always one of a kind because her mum was able to make them like it's so impressive I mean I'm not saying I'll be able to make clothes in fact I really don't think I have that talent at all I don't think that is my goal I think it's just to be able to learn how to use a sewing machine do little DIYs do little thrift flips also just things like taking up my trousers because I'm a short king so I always have to pay to get my trousers taken up literally with every single pair 
So to be able to do shit like that myself, I don't know, it's just a good life skill. Okay, number eight, I've written to set aside more time for artsy things. For example, crocheting and painting. I just think there's nothing like getting lost in like an artsy activity. It is so therapeutic. Like, see at that painting thing me and my mum went to last night, you completely zone out, you forget about everything else, you don't go on your phone. It is just the most relaxing, therapeutic thing. And I just think we don't give ourselves enough time to do these activities that really, it's like a form of meditation and you feel so good after it. And then you've also produced something in the end. And I don't think I'm ever going to be actually good at crocheting. Like I watch all these videos on TikTok of these girls making like really cool tops and jumpers and all these mad things. And they do it so quickly and they're so talented and I just cannot see myself ever being able to do that, which is fine. I don't care. I don't need to be able to do that. There's other people that have that talent and I can buy from them. (laughs) But that doesn't take away from the fact that crocheting is still such a fun therapeutic thing to do. And even if I just do little patches and make a crochet blanket, that's still such a nice way to relax and to unwind. And yeah, I want to do more stuff like that, more painting, like get maybe get up like a paint with me tutorial on YouTube and spend an afternoon doing that and just get lost in it. I just think when we think of doing something to unwind, we think of like watching a movie or going on a walk or going to the gym. And a lot of the time we forget about these like cute little artsy things, which are actually so wholesome and so fun to do. Number nine, another artsy related one, and it is to do a pottery class. I'm sorry, but how fun does it look to do that? I mean, it looks very difficult. They make it look easy. The people that are really good at it make it look really easy. But you know, the spinning thing and you like slam the clay on it and then you shape it. Oh my God, it just looks so satisfying. I want nothing more in the world than to do a pottery class and be able to come out of it with like a mug or a vase or just something. It just looks so cool. I haven't actually looked into it to see if there's any places that do pottery classes in Belfast. My friend Robin, she's actually going to one in Leeds and she was loving it. So that really encouraged me to try it. I just always wonder where do people start these things? I feel like you just see people that are so good at them, but like, where did you learn? Do you know what I mean? How did you just get a pottery wheel? Did you buy it yourself? I don't know, so many questions, but I would love to give it a go. Number 10 is to either start back at pole dancing or to do adult ballet classes or do both. I mean, I'm happy with either or. I just am very aware of the fact that once I finish uni, I'll not be dancing anymore. And I think dancing does bring me a lot of joy and happiness. And I think to let that go would be such a shame. So yeah, I'd love to either, I did pole dancing, not last summer, but the summer before, and I absolutely loved it. I did like the little four week intro beginner course, and then I did like the eight week block of the level one or whatever it is. So I don't know if I would have to go back and do level one again, because I probably lost all that strength and stuff that we did uh, throughout those eight weeks. But yeah, I would love to get back into it. I just, I miss ballet. I really do. I miss like the structured ballet classes where you're doing like your bar warm-ups and your plies and your kicks. Like I just love it so much. I love the music. I even love the outfits. Like see going to ballet and your little leotard and your tights and your leg warmers. It brings me so much happiness. So yeah, need to suss out an adult ballet class for the new year. Number 11 is to do with reading. So for the last two years in a row, my kind of main 
New Year's resolution, to be honest, was to read a book a month. And I think the first year, as in two years ago, I managed to do it all the way until October. And then I failed for October, November, December. I think once I started back face to face at uni that year, I just kind of shit myself and just kind of let go of reading. So then I set it for myself again, like last, as in this January. And I've stuck to it. I think I'm one book behind this year. Although overall, I think I have read more than the equivalent of one a month, but just I did slack a little bit last month. I think I only read half a book or something. So I might have to make up for that and read another book in December. I don't know. I probably don't have time for that, but I did pretty well. If you want to see all the books I've read this year, they're all on my book highlight on my Instagram. I also do have a Goodreads account where you can check out everything I've read and the little rating I give each thing. I also actually did a YouTube video of every book I read this summer because I read loads over summer. So sorry, my goal for this year now is kind of the same thing to read a minimum of a book a month. But when I finish uni, the reason I kept it to only a book a month is because of uni, because I don't find I have the time to read more than that when I've got other work on. But I think when I finish uni, I would like to up that to two a month minimum. And I think that's definitely feasible because like over summer I was reading like two to four books a month. Number 12 on my list of goals for 2023 is to get back into meditating. Oh I'm so annoyed at myself for not carrying on the habit once I came back from India. It's obviously one of those things you really have to train your brain to do. Like so many people sit there and say no I can't meditate. Everyone can meditate. It just is so difficult at the start and it really is a case of like you just have to keep practicing until you get there. You keep having to train your brain to focus. Every time you know you start thinking about something else, bring it back to the present moment. Focus on your breath. It's a really difficult thing to do, especially when there's a lot going on in your life and sometimes you just think that is the last thing I want to do right now is sit down and try and be present in a moment when I've got a hundred other things going on in my head. But the benefits of it are insane. When you start off your day, even if it's a five minute meditation, the difference it makes on your mood, on how you handle situations, on how you feel, on how present you are, on how calm you are, it is so incredible for your health and for your well-being and for your just for your mind. And to know that you have that space to go to, to relax, it also improves your sleep so much. Like when I am in a habit of meditating, I'm able to get to sleep so much quicker because I'm able to just kind of go into a bit of a meditation before sleep. So yeah, I would absolutely love to try and get back into the habit of doing that every day. Well, not absolutely every single day. It doesn't have to be, but like but maybe five times a week and it does not have to be for any longer than 10 minutes at a time. Number 13 is actually quite similar. I feel like this falls under the same bracket of like self-care and looking after your mind and that is to get into the habit of journaling. Again, does not have to be every single day but I just think I would love to pick it back up again. I think I really see a difference in my mental health and in my mood and just I just feel a lot more, I feel like there's more clarity in my life when I'm journaling. I feel like you show a lot more appreciation for things because you're wary of what you're grateful for. You're wary of like what brings you happiness on a day-to-day basis. All these different things that journaling can really help with. Also just like sometimes you actually just need to get things out of your brain so you can move on from the thought. I was actually the other day looking for a good journal 
to use but I, I don't know a lot of them are like they just have really irrelevant prompts in them and they're a bit cringe so I actually just bought like a plain dotted notebook the other day and I'm gonna just do my own prompts in it and start that way Number 14 on my list is to move out. Now, I know I technically um, moved out at the minute because I'm living in Leeds for university. But obviously, when I come home from Leeds, I do want to do a bit of travel over summer. And then I'm actually very keen to move out in Belfast and have my own space. Everyone always asks me, are you not going to go to London, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I have toyed with the idea. And who knows, maybe in a year's time, I will. But I think I would just really like a year of coming back to Belfast, working on myself, working on my goals career-wise, just having that time to really focus on that as opposed to like having to worry about moving to a new city, making new friends, having enough money to pay rent, like all these different things that come with moving to somewhere like London. I think I'm just not ready for that, number one. And I think you need to really want to make, you need to really want to go to London to make it work. Because if you don't want to be there, but you're just there because you think you should be, then it's just going to be shit. You're not going to enjoy it for what it is. You're not going to take advantage of London for everything that it has and everything that you can do. You're just going to think, I wish I was at home. Why am I here paying this rent when I could be spending half the amount of money in a way nicer house? And also, I just think like coming out of uni and stuff, I don't really know what the kind of next year holds for me in terms of my job. Like I would love to be able to come home and to really put my all into this podcast and, you know, my recipe videos and just, I don't know, I really just want that time to just be able to focus on what I'm doing. And because I just haven't had that time yet. It's always been a balancing act of trying to juggle this while doing uni. And I'm really excited to just be able to dedicate the time to it. And I don't want to have to worry about being in London while doing that. So yeah, anyway, (laughs) a very long-winded answer. But yes, number 14 is to move out in Belfast. Number 15, this is the final one. And it kind of follows on from moving out. And it's to do a little bit of home DIY. Every time I see a home DIY on TikTok, I save it to my little home DIY folder. And I'm just obsessed with watching them. Some people are honestly so talented. I would never even think that you could do half the stuff that these people are doing. They just make it look so easy and you're able to do things for so cheap. I want to go to some like charity shops and get some really old furniture and make it look really cool and funky and paint things and just really I don't know I just want to do some cool furniture flips and some home DIYs I know with a lot of time with rentals and stuff you can't make some changes so then I've seen a lot of like rental friendly DIY projects stuff like that and I just see all these women like turning really old grungy looking rooms into absolutely stunning homes and I'm just like oh my god pop off DIY coins I want that to be me now there is a line though like the other day I did see this girl and she completely built her new bathroom like she was doing all the framework for her fucking bath and all and I was like sorry where do you learn this shit she was doing the um she was doing the wiring for the electrics I was like sorry that's where I draw the line because if that was me I know I would fuck it up and then something would go extremely wrong in my house and it would be my fault and I'd be fuming at myself and then I'll just have to pay more to get it fixed and then get it redone. So I do, yeah, I draw the line at anything that's like structural or, you know, legit in terms of like water, electrics, frameworks, anything like that. No, 
but like painting, decorating, thrift flipping, that type of thing. All for it. Yeah, that brings us to the end of my 15 goals for 2023. I feel like they're all pretty achievable. The main thing is that all these things I've listed are all things I know are going to bring me contentment. You know, they're not some far-fetched idea of like, I want to save up this amount of money and buy this bag. Like, that's just not going to make me happy. These are all things I want to do this year that I know are going to make me happy. And yes, working towards a financial goal and things like that can also be really good. And sometimes you need to set those goals in place so, you know, you're better at saving and you work harder to get to that point. And I get that. And, you know, I probably will have some financial goals and things like that for myself. But I ultimately think that New Year's resolutions should be things that you think are going to bring you more daily fulfillment. Because let's be honest, if I was to have to buy a certain bag or shoes or whatever it was on this list, do you think come next December when I'm reflecting on this year that's going to be what I'm thinking about? No, obviously not. It's going to be the life experiences I've had, the contentment I've got out of going to an adult ballet class or the mental clarity I've had from meditating and journaling and the improvement I've seen on my mental health. Do you know what I mean? I just, I don't think you ever look back at a time in your life and think, I'm so glad I bought that purse or I'm so glad I bought those heels or... (laughs) Or I'm so glad I splashed out on 500 pounds to buy Charlotte Tilbury makeup. Life is all about experiences and friendships and connections and what am I talking about? Literally, what am I saying? I'm actually talking complete shit. Should I just cut it now? Anyway, you get my point. You don't look back at your year and think of the times that you spent money on this or that. You think of the incredible friends you have and your family and the connections that you have with people and the the experiences you shared with people or that you embarked on yourself or, you know, the times you felt so good about yourself because you'd spent so much time working on yourself and improving your mental health and bettering yourself and reading and do you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. I hope you know what I mean. It's not a profound concept. Everyone knows it. Just sometimes I think we forget it. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, this episode's coming out on Boxing Day. So yeah, I hope you all had an amazing Christmas and have a lovely New Year's Eve, whatever you get up to. I like to keep it kind of low-key on New Year's Eve. Not a big fan of going out-out. I prefer a friend's house for dinner and drinks kind of vibe. Yeah, have a lovely New Year's Eve. Can't wait to speak to you all in the new year. If you liked this episode, remember to share it with your friends, share it on social media, leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow the podcast so that new episodes come up in your new episodes playlist. I can't wait for the new year. I feel like so many exciting things are coming for the podcast and I'm so appreciative of your guys' support and can't wait to bring you along in this journey. We're going to level up in the new year. We're going to have an intro and outro song and I'm buzzing about it. Okay, guys, I love you so much and I'll speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.